Hello and welcome to the Bob Edwards Show for Tuesday, November 30th. Today we have the inspiring story of a fellow who came to this country in 1962 as a boy without his parents, whom he wouldn't see for years. Carlos Eyre was a refugee from Cuba, whose new leader, Fidel Castro, had dramatically altered the political and social structure of his country and renounced the United States. But the now-orphaned Carlos Eyre managed to thrive. Nearly 50 years since his arrival in the U.S., Eyre has enjoyed a successful academic career and now teaches at Yale. Seven years ago, he won the National Book Award for the best-selling Waiting for Snow in Havana. Now he has the follow-up, a memoir titled Learning to Die in Miami, Confessions of a Refugee Boy. In 1959, Fidel Castro's revolution dramatically changed the course of Cuban history. It was clear to opponents of the new regime that their children would not grow up in a free and prosperous society. So, with the help of the Catholic Archdiocese of Miami and elements of the U.S. government, over 14,000 Cuban children were brought across the Florida Straits starting in December of 1960. The secretive plan was called Operation Pedro Pan. Today, Carlos Eyre is a professor of history and religious studies at Yale University, but 50 years ago, he was a nervous adolescent making his way to the United States as part of Operation Pedro Pan. Eyre's first book dealt largely with his childhood before leaving Cuba. Waiting for Snow in Havana won the National Book Award in 2003, and now coinciding with the 50th anniversary of Operation Pedro Pan, he's written a new memoir, Learning to Die in Miami, Confessions of a Refugee Boy. Here, Carlos Eyre reads a selection. I can't believe how many kids are crammed into this house. We're packed tight in there on bunk beds, and Frank has to share his space with all of us. He'd come on the airlift, too, without his parents, and he had been through all this before. And then his parents came, and they chose to stay at the camp and serve as foster parents for wave after wave of us. So Frank has to wait quite a while before he gets his own room. We'd come and go through that house and all the others at that camp like heads of lettuce being picked, packed, and trucked away at some top-secret farm. And so did the teenage boys at the other camp, at Kendall, much closer to Miami, but still out in the bush. Kendall was so remote back then that the teenage boys cracked jokes about Tarzan being their closest neighbor. No one would notice us. We'd dribble in, invisibly, noiselessly, and be ferried out.